This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 130. Well, Hammy's on the road tonight. He's hoping to call in a little bit later. He's out in Malibu, California, hobnobbing with all the high-end business people he works with. So we're hoping he'll call in a little bit later. But as always, we do have Vigo here. How's it going, Vigs? It's going better than the Gophers weekend. <laughs> well, you know, we got a uh, big mistake has been is listening live and he uh, he was here. He was in the chat early or at least the chat for the Mixler chat, the live broadcast, because he's he, he was pretty fired up about this past weekend. And, and I don't blame him. What a pile of crap that was, Viggs. Friday night was probably the worst I've seen the Gophers play in a long time. I mean, I remember there was a game against St. Cloud uh, last year where they just mailed it in. You know, they fell behind early. But I just don't know if I've seen them play as poorly as they did on Friday. It was just like every puck battle, they lost. Every dump in, Penn State got back. You know, even when they got in the power play, they just couldn't gain the zone and get going. It was just a, a really bad game, and, you know, it got away from them. And it could have been much worse if Robson didn't play well because he did play well Friday night. Yeah, I mean, the amazing thing was, you know, I think it was 2 1, you know, in the third period when Sturtz got his five minute major, you know, and they had a chance to get back in the game at that point and just, you know, steal the one point that they needed out of the weekend to get home ice. You know, Robson played great um, early in that game. Uh, and they definitely had a chance. You know, if they got a special team goal early in the third period, tie it up, you know, it could be a completely different game. But instead, uh, they just let the game get away from them and a couple of shenanigans, and, you know, yeah. they threw away the points. And, you know, they only need one point on the weekend to get home ice. Just one point, and they couldn't do it. And they were playing uninspired hockey. Um, I mean, on top of that, you've got the, 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 the shot happy stats crew at Penn State saying there's 60 shots. Well, there wasn't 60 shots, but there was close to 50. And it was just all around ugly, Viggs. Well, and the attempted shots were maybe <laughs> somewhat close to accurate. You know, maybe yeah. some of the dump-ins and stuff that aren't really shots counted towards attempts. But I bet their attempts were in the 80s, and Minnesota sure didn't have more than 15 you know, it was, it was a rough weekend for him to start off that way. Uh, the biggest thing you'll hear the coaches talk about in the availability stuff from today was puck retrievals. You know, Penn State, you know when you play them, they're going to gain the red line, they're going to get it below the goal line, and they're going to go to work on you. And if you're not sharp on getting back and picking up pucks and getting it going the other way in a hurry, you're in for a long night. You're going to be in for long shifts. And you're going to take some some body checks, and it's going to be a tough night for you. And it was for the Gophers, and you could almost tell uh, sometimes. You know, the Gophers knew that they were going to be under pressure, and so maybe they rushed 
plays a little bit. You know, we saw a couple turnovers, you know, just at their own blue line where guys probably not as comfortable as they usually are because they know that four check's coming. Uh, all I know is that uh, there were a lot of angry people out there, and they should have been angry because, uh, they, as a lot of people like to say, they didn't play with any heart. Uh, they came back Saturday night, and though they did play better, I don't think Robson played as good. It, it still comes back to no offense. Yeah, and they had chances. You know, I I think they had a two on zero. They had a breakaway for Pitlick. You know, they had chances to get things going, but they just couldn't capitalize. Peyton Jones played really well for Penn State throughout all of last year. He hasn't been as good this year. Uh, But I thought Minnesota had a much better start on Saturday night, and they probably did enough to give themselves a chance to get in the game, but then they fell behind 3-0. And, you know, it's tough to come back when you're down three rep. Nate Wells always coming through for us. He's listening live. Uh, he was at the games this past weekend. He says uh, Friday night, uh, Penn State was credited with 109 shot attempts. Probably a little high for a college <laughs> hockey game, but I don't think it was that out it, of line. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It, it was. You know, obviously, we know the stats in Penn State are inflated, but it was obvious the Gophers were just it. They were outplayed in every aspect of of the game. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, so many people were so angry. I mean, they were angry at us. They were angry at everyone. Um, you saw all the discussion on Twitter this week, you know, and uh, you know the anger about getting, you know, they need one point to be at home, and and then you had the whole TV situation on top of that that was just intensifying everything else. Obviously, the TV got solved, but um, earlier this week it was looking pretty down for this program, Viggs. Well, I do think big picture going into the series last weekend, Penn State had everything to play for. You know, they have a regional that they're the host for in the NCAA tournament. They're on the outside of the pairwise. You know, they've been on a bad streak of six games where they've been close, but they haven't been rewarded. And on the flip side, you have Minnesota. They're pretty much locked into ninth in the pairwise, regardless of what happens in these games against Penn State. Um, yes, they could be at home for the conference tournament, but you know they don't need to do well in the conference tournament to make the postseason. So you could just see that creep into the mindset probably. I mean, these are young kids, and it, it showed. And I think especially in college hockey today, if you don't bring a good A game to the rink, you're going to be in for a long night. And if you don't battle through it, you're going to see what happens like on Friday night. Uh, and that's why the fans are upset. And, you know, and, and, and we have a lot of fans who are used to hockey the way it used to be 20 years ago. Well, it's just not just 20 years ago. I mean, if if they just had an average power play, this team would have won more games. Um, you know, uh, Nate's been keeping track of it. Um, you know, they had those three power plays uh, goals uh, recently. Must have been against Michigan State and, and Wisconsin. They had some power play goals, but other than that. This is historically low power play numbers. Historic, and, and it's getting close to historically low, you know, just offensive numbers in general. Their average goals per game are way down. I mean, you look at compared to any year, so you might have to go back to what maybe the early 70s, you know, some of those terrible Glenn Sonmore years in the early 70s, so they were this bad. 
I mean, they, they, this is historically bad, Viggs. Well, I think for a power play, it's especially historically bad. Um, goal scoring, it's down. I don't know if it's historically awful. It's not obviously a strength of theirs. It's one of the things I looked at when I did uh, my article for The Athletic earlier in the year is what, what was going on through their down offensive year. And the fact is, you know, they are a little bit down on shots, but they're way down on goal scoring. Uh, the one thing about this year's team, though, is they've been better defensively. You know, when they went through their stretch of success, it's because they were getting good goaltending from Shearhorn at the start of the year. Um, they were getting a good penalty kill in the middle of the year, and at the end of the year, they are getting really good goaltending from Matt Robson. And so for this team to be successful, it doesn't look like it's going to come through with them being, you know, heyday, pride on ice, four or five goals a game. It's going to be one of those teams that's going to have to kill penalties, they're going to have to get good goaltending, and they're going to have to counterattack. And that's one of the things they did really well against Wisconsin, and they were able to put up a lot of goals. Yeah. The, uh, you know, their defense has been improved until this past weekend. Obviously, they gave up you know, 10 goals. Um, but uh, you got to have some offense. You, you, I mean, uh, you're giving up one or two goals a game, and you're not scoring that even. You're, you're still not going to win games. You could have some great defense, but if you're still just giving up those – Low numbers of goals, you still got to counter it with some offense, and there's just it's just nothing there except for the Wisconsin series. Well, Don Lucci always says that if you can score four or five, you can outscore your mistakes. This team can't outscore mistakes if they, if they don't kill penalties, if they don't play sound defensively, they're going to lose. You know, well, <laughs> it's it's yeah. sure but it's we, sure it's going to happen. Like that's what happened in the game they lost uh, Notre Dame this season, game they lost to St. Cloud. Uh, game they lost in North Dakota. That's that's what happened. They couldn't outscore their mistakes. The games where they held on against top teams, you know, it's not because they outscored them. It's because they played really good defense. Where's the offense then? <laughs> it's not I, there this year. I mean, it's you just know, not there. I mean, you know, and it ultimately comes down to recruiting. I mean, are they not getting the the right guys? Are they well, not getting those I role players? The, I, I mean, what's going on? The one thing that you can criticize this year's coaching staff on is their defense. I know this is something that Hammy goes to time and time again. They don't have the kind of defensemen that they usually have. That's why their power plays down. Uh, that's why their rush scoring is down. That's uh, why scoring's down overall. They're having a hard time getting going. And the other thing is their centers. You know, they miss Justin Clouse and Vinny Letary. You know, those are two hundred foot players who really drove that team last year. And this year their top centers are, are Novak, who's coming off a ACL repair and a, a broken hand or something. And then Casey Millstead, a freshman, who it'd be a lot easier if they stuck him on the wing, but they wanted to put him at center and you know develop him over the, the year and, and see what they had at the end. But you know, as you saw against Penn State, when they put Pavlichev out against them, they struggled. Well, it ultimately comes down to coaching again. He should, he needs to be prepared to have centers fill in these spots. You can't. I mean, you know, Clues and Latiri were four year guys. You got to have some guys underneath them grooming them to coming up, and it's clear he did not have that. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that that's and, that's and, part and, of the big well, problem. And that's just the frustration with the fans. It's like uh, you know they're pissed because they they could see it happening. It's like does the Don not see it happening either? 
Um, yeah. You know, well, you get a lot of people. I think you expected some of the development to, to come along. You know, Smatula was a point of game player out in Hockey East. You, you thought he might be a, a better scorer in the Big Ten. Um, you thought Tommy Novak, high pick from Nashville. You think he would be a high performer in the Big Ten, but it just hasn't been that way. You know, you can't predict Tommy Novak to tear his ACL last year, and that hurts a center who needs to skate. And, yeah, you know, we, we just got, you know, I've got tons of little questions here um, from earlier, uh, just from a couple of days ago. Um, you know, obviously, big mistake. We know you're listening live. Um, uh, you know, for after this weekend, where's the pride on ice that Gopher Hockey keeps talking about? I mean, he, he tweeted that three days ago. And um, it's really kind of lacking. Is it just the leadership? It's not just the coaching. It's also the players. Where's the Where's the heart and the leadership from the players to say enough is enough, and you know we just got embarrassed in, at Penn State. Well, I think we'll see it this weekend. You know, if they can rally and turn around, you know, maybe it's there. But it obviously wasn't there last weekend. And you know, hockey's a tough sport where if you don't perform, it's going to show in the score sheet. And unfortunately, you know, we've we've talked about this. It looks like their numbers are pretty good to get in the tournament, even if they do get swept this weekend. It you know might move them a little bubble, and they could they could drop out. But they, you know, we think their numbers are solid. But they could have three weeks off of not playing if they don't win this weekend, Vs. Yeah, it could be a lengthy break. I think that was something that people looked at when the Big Ten announced their format was. You know, there could be a long layoff before the NCAA tournament. Maybe not the worst thing for this group, but I think <laughs> maybe I think but... we'd, we'd like to see him get going here and find their game again before the tournament. Because as Don said on his coach's show, if you make it and don't play well, what's the point? It, true, but uh, you're going to kind of get even, you know, it's, it's bad enough that they've been forgotten about a lot this year. But you go three weeks without playing. Yeah, you kind of back your way into the tournament, lose again. Boy, it's uh, there's going to be a lot of there's a lot of apathy already, and just having three weeks off and then going to the tournament, it's going to be tough to build any kind of you know momentum or excitement for an NCAA tournament if you take three weeks off. Well, that's part of the rub for me, anyway. Is the apathy with this team, even if they were to win? an NCAA tournament this year. I I don't know if the fan base would respect it. You know, I don't know what this team would have to do to, to get the respect that it used to have, you know, unless they went undefeated and won the tournament and had three guys go on to great NHL careers and land every top prospect in the state. I don't know what the expectations are right now that would end that apathy. And, you know, I, I honestly think uh, it's. I think a lot of people just have it in for the Don. Uh, they want new blood, um, and I think even a lot of people want to see the team not do so well. So it almost pushes Don out. Um, I see that on GPL all the time. You, you do people, see a lot, and they're like, well, "I would take a bad season for for new leadership." I see that all the time, and it's like, who are you out there supporting? You're out there supporting a. <laughs> a personal spite against Don Lucia or do you care about the program? I even had one of the, the students from the, you know, the ice box come at me and said, if they won more, the students would show more interest. I'm like the students don't have to complain about high ticket prices. You know, there isn't probably a lot of other options for them, you know, to support. 
I don't understand why they can't have a full student section when they play St. Cloud State when it's a two top ten teams. And especially yet, when most of them are sold. You know, you look at those Saturday. The Saturday is sold out for the student section. They haven't come close to filling it at all this year. And I just don't get that because Gopher Hockey's still been pretty successful the last five or six years, but this apathy is carried over into the student section too. And I don't understand that. You know, I well, well, you know, like it's that hard for them to get to the game. You know, I, I still think some of the blame does go to the administration on that. I mean, they've got these set rules. The first few rows are for the special students who follow these rules. It, it's like they, uh, they let the kids just be kids. Let them go sit down in front. Um, it, it just seems like the, the, the university is not doing themselves any favors by making a little special section of the first three or four rows. Um, and, and the student's like, well, screw this. I'll just go out and party on Friday or Saturday night. Probably not. I'll, I'll have to get in touch with the people who lead the ice box here at some point for a story and get their side of it. But from my perspective, I see a lot of empty seats in the student section and I know all those tickets are sold. The, the, the most yeah, the tickets are sold. And, you know, I like the idea of the ice box. Um, but, uh, uh, I think the, a lot of the people in the ice box, I think their their hands are tied too by the administration. You know, yeah, we, oh, you cannot swear down there. You must be a perfect student and behave yourselves. And it's just like there's no intimidation for other teams anymore. You know, it, it it's just I think it's it's tough. It's it's not a real student section. It's like they've been kind of handcuffed a bit. And, and and I'd like to see a little change there. Well, I'd, I'd like to see them have a little bit more freedom, but at the same point, you know, what are the consequences if they do step over the line? I've heard a lot of uh, curse words come out of them this year, and some I don't appreciate whenever they just do the, you know, F the Badgers or whatever. I don't like that. I'm sure the kids in the stadium and their parents don't like it. I mean, there's other things they can do that are probably easier, but... It's just frustrating to see all the empty seats. Uh, it, it is frustrating, I, and I'm with you there because uh, I'm almost more frustrated with those seats being empty than the corporate seats. You know, I can understand a, a business who has tickets laying on someone's desk that don't get in someone's hands, but there's 1,700 people who have student tickets. I would think they'd be able to show up, and they can show up and get standing room tickets for I think 10 bucks or five bucks. You know, it's not a big barrier to entry for those people. Well, the first few years of the general admission, um, I what was that five or six years ago, um, you know, the six o'clock happens, the gates open. Those first few, you know, f- five, 10, 15 rows were filled up pretty quickly. Yeah. But, I mean, you see the Gophers go to Duluth or St. Cloud and those stands are packed for warmups. Yeah, you see yeah. them go to Ann Arbor and Yost and those stands are packed for warmups with students. But but so, but now you know they've got the icebox rules where those first four or five rolls, uh, row, uh, rows are cordoned off and they're only for the certain special students. And uh, I, I I don't know maybe the students have become just as apathetic as the as the fans. Maybe they're frustrated too because you know we we see it in football. You know where a lot of the football students aren't showing up. Um, it, it's happening all around college sports. You know we've seen college sports is is starting to get hurt by attendance. We're seeing attendance down in all the big sports, football, basketball. It's starting to hit hockey now. So it's not just a Minnesota thing, but 
boy, it just seems a little amplified here at Mariucci. Well, when they do show up, it certainly makes a difference on the crowd and the atmosphere. Uh, and, and they they bring the juice when they're there. They definitely do. They definitely do. Um, let's go for more questions here, Viggs. Um, let me see. K. Ferk. <laughs> I'm not sure of that name. He says, "What what happened to Clayton? What happened to Mister Phillips? He is uh, has he kind of been in the doghouse for some of his play?" Well, I think they're in all these close games where a defenseman making a turnover is crucial to the outcome of the game. And I think Minnesota was hoping they could probably, you know, slip him into the lineup, have him be effective on the power play and kind of hide him elsewhere. And they've just found that they can't hide him. And, uh, you know, coming down the stretch, you know, they've needed to play players who can defend. And he's not there yet. Uh, You know, it's worth a shot to bring him in. I'm sure that Clayton wanted to be part of Minnesota. He, you know, was asked by the staff to come in this fall. He couldn't because of some academic things he had to finish up. He did that over the fall semester, so he was able to come in halfway through. They gave it a shot, and I, I don't think it really worked out. But maybe this is best for him long term. Well, hopefully, he doesn't get frustrated and decide to leave or something like that. <laughs> well, he'll he'll get playing time next year when there's a full season to go. Yeah. You know, he's got offensive flair he's just got to clean up the rest of his game and that'll come with time um well, speaking of leaving early you know jay Conan wants to know every year we are hit with an early departure too actually it's been quiet the last few years but um is there any sense of who might leave early and uh uh the 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 chat i've been hearing is lindgren we should be worried about lindgren leaving early well uh his eyes definitely brightened up today during availability when he was asked about his trade by uh, Nate Wells, my peer at The Athletic, and uh, of zone coverage. Uh, and Lindgren spoke very eloquently about what an honor it was to be uh, part of the New York Ranger organization. And he talked to some front office people, and he's excited to get there for Dev Camp this summer. I thought for a second he was going to say training camp this fall, but he didn't. <laughs> um, but he's definitely a guy who's excited about the next level. And he's a he's a player who's you know hopped around a little bit. He's been a bit of a you know mercenary hockey player going from um, JV hockey and I think Lakeville to the Florida Everblades and then Shattuck and then the development program and now the Gophers. So you know he's probably looking at that next step as well. I don't think there's any problem with him staying longer in college. I did my article in the Athletic. Recently about early departures and how for NHL teams to sign these guys, it's hardly anything for them. You know, they they pay that signing bonus that's under 100000 and then the HL salary is like 67000 a year. So there's very little risk to get a run at the professional ranks on these guys. And Lindgren needs a lot of work. He needs to improve his skill, and he needs to improve his size. He's still kind of a slight guy for as tough as he plays. And playing, staying in college and staying definitely would help his game. Well, I definitely think it would help, but uh, their defense could be decimated next year if he does decide to leave because um, they also lose Johnson and Glover, I believe, to yep. graduation. Uh, you lose a Lindgren. Uh, it could be even worse situation than it is now. Much yeah, worse. I think they're counting on him coming back because it would be a huge hole in their lineup if he left. Not just for his play on the ice, but his leadership. They really look to him in the locker room. Um, 
Khan and put out a couple of other numbers. He's got she, he's got even Shearhorn on that list. Um, you know, behind the scenes, some of us even mentioned, you know, Robson playing so well, maybe he leaves. So, you know, we've got a lot of dynamics here of players that could just say, you know what, I've had enough of this. Uh, I'm going to go to the next level, whether if they make it to the NHL or not, they might've just, you know, decided to move on. I, I mean, I would be surprised if any of these guys moved on and got NHL games next year. You know, I, I just don't know if they're, they're ready. Um, just the effort that they've given in some of the games this year. I think a lot of these guys would benefit by working with Cal Dietz, um, taking advantage of all the amenities that the university provides these guys and, and playing another year. But as uh, Don Lucia said so eloquently last week, you know, it doesn't matter what we think. It uh, matters what the players and their families think. Yeah, that, that is true. Okay, on to another question. We've got Andrew Fritz wondering, uh, why do we take so many slash slash hooking penalties by wingers in the offense of a neutral zone? You know, he's talking about guys like, you know, Bristed and Pitlick. They seem to be in the box way too often, and uh, they're not defensive zone penalties. And we know that really frustrates the Don. Offensive zone penalties are probably the, the one thing that Don hates almost as much as a turnover at the blue line. Things that can kill a team. And I it's got to be frustration for these guys. You know, they're not scoring as frequently as they'd like. And when they turn over the puck or having a hard time getting it back, it just comes out. And they think that they're making a tough play, but they're just not. Uh, and it's been a huge issue. I've, I've been a little surprised that uh, Don hasn't been a little more quick with sitting guys on nights after <laughs> they do this kind of stuff. Because there are players who can play the second half of the season. Uh, Noterman, Maroney are, are, are young players that could probably get a chance if Don wanted to send a message to certain guys, but he hasn't been willing to do that this year. Well, if you would have sent a message, it would have been to Bristed about two months ago, and he never did that. And Bristed just had to play through his incredible scoring or lack of scoring drought. Yeah, um, Bristed does a lot of things that are they're good during the game. He he works hard, and he still gets a probably more shots than a lot of guys in the lineup. And he does put the puck on that. Um, you know, the offensive zone penalties, though, are a huge issue in his game because I think he's just trying to make an impact so hard. He is trying to make an impact, but, you know, there's always that thought of, you know, just take a game off and watch a game from up top. Maybe you'll come back with a little different uh, perspective. And Don has done that to a lot of players in the past, and he just has not done that this year. And I think that's kind of one of the things – he maybe should have taken care of back in November and December, or maybe even early January. He just didn't. And that was the time to do it too. Now it's probably too late to, to send a message in the last weekend of the year because there's no impact to it. Um, but it's one of the things that surprised me this year that he didn't take care of that earlier. All right. Well, uh, a couple more questions, but uh, let's uh, oh, wait. Actually, it looks like we can get Hammy on the line here if we can here. Hammy says he's ready to be added to the conversation. So give me a second here and let's see if I can add uh, Hammy to the conversation and see how he's Work doing. Work producing magic. Well, I try to. <laughs> I try to. Let's see if we can get Hammy. Hammy is uh, in California. He said he might call from his car. We'll have to see. Let's see if we can Hopefully he doesn't have the top down. <laughs> 
Well, while, well, while I'm trying to get hammy, let's uh, let's have a listen to sponsor. VintageMNHockey.com is a proud sponsor of the GPL podcast. Well, what is Vintage MN Hockey? Well, it's kind of the place to get all of your history of Minnesota hockey, from the pros to the minors to the collegiate teams to even the high school teams. All information about any of those teams can be found on VintageMNHockey.com. They also have great interviews with some historical Minnesota hockey figures like John Mayasich and Lou Nanny, Glenn Sonmore, some of the greats of Minnesota hockey. So make sure you check out those interviews. It's a really great thing. But as like I always say, I think my favorite part is the store. The store, you can buy a custom historical jersey from the Gophers or the Bulldogs or some of your favorite high school teams. And if you do make a purchase, just use the code GPL podcast, all one word, and you'll get 10% off your order. So make sure you visit vintagemnhockey.com and follow them on Twitter at vintagemnhockey. Thank you to Vintage uh, for sponsoring us these last few years. Um, Hammy, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. You sound like you're on the phone, but uh, we can hear you. How is sunny California? I saw some of those sunset pictures. It looks beautiful out there right now. Yeah, needless to say, it's uh, pretty nice. It's definitely nice to get away. I know it's warm back there this week, but uh, you can't beat some of the sights, that's for sure. Yeah, I've seen some of your beach pictures, some of the video you're posting. Yeah, you're just hobnobbing with all the Hollywood types, aren't you? I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm just trying to like <laughs> share like some of the warmth is what I'm trying to do. Well, uh, can you share some of you, and maybe some of your anger from this past weekend and that uh, lovely display of hockey we saw from our Gophers against Penn State? You know, I don't know that I feel anger as much as shock. I mean, I really did not expect to see such a poor performance. I, I, I would have thought that at least one of those games we would have seen a, a pretty good performance or at least a, a decent performance, and we didn't get that, obviously, at all. So for me, it wasn't uh, it wasn't anger as much as shock, and obviously it's very disappointing when you have the opportunity to land home ice um, for the first round and you fail to do it. So, uh, But I understand why people are mad, that's for sure. Definitely a lot of anger in Vigo, and I've kind of covered that quite a bit already. Um, so then we've got this uh, turnaround. We're going right back to Penn State this week, guys. Um, Viggs, it was not looking good to television until today when uh, a lot of people at the University of Minnesota, including Brian Deutsch, who we've worked with for quite a few years, he's been on the phone for days working with the Big Ten, the Big Ten Network, and Fox and we're going to get the games on TV this weekend. Yeah, huge move by the University of Minnesota. I think they were trying to figure out a way to get the games televised. They were going to be at uh, Mary Arena this weekend. I feel like they had something kind of lined up for that. Uh, people would have enjoyed that uh, broadcast as well. But when they went out to Penn State, you know, the Big Ten wasn't quite ready to broadcast the games, so... Uh, Mark Coyle rallied the troops, and Brian Deutsch and uh, Tom McGinnis came through and worked out a deal with Fox and the Big Ten to get them on, on the air. And this isn't a for-profit move by these groups. This is no. this is a gesture of the fans to get these games on, um, try to get them goodwill from the fans. I don't know if that was the reaction they got on social media, but I'm sure there's a lot of silent fans who are happy. 
Well, I'm definitely happy about it. I, I you know, though I, you know, I love listening to Frank and Wally. It's always great to, to see the games on TV, Hammy, and, and at least we're going to get to see them this weekend, huh, Hammy? Yeah, I mean, I think we hear fans give them a lot of grief for games not being on at certain times or schedules being different and all that kind of stuff. And to see them kind of go to the extra mile to be able to get the games on TV, I, I think it says something. Uh, obviously, they know they have to build some goodwill back up uh given some of the ticket prices and some of the other things that we've talked about pretty consistently over the last couple of years. So um, it's something that they definitely need to do more of and figure out a way to kind of keep the fans happy. How long do we have you for, Hammy? Uh, well, you're as long as uh, you want. I mean, I, I get to <laughs> drive up to uh, uh, Mission Viejo, which is about 20 minutes away from where I'm at now. So. Oh. Well, that's good because, you know, we got some Gensel audio we're going to play here in a little bit. I just thought you might want to hear it. Um, um, one thing that uh, is going to be interesting about this weekend, uh, Viggs, is that, you know, Big Ten's covering it. But you know what? Uh, our announcer, Dan Kelly and, and Fred Pletch, they will actually be in the studios in Chicago calling these games. Um, they're very public about that. And you know what? I'm I'm perfectly fine with it because, you know what? They're up front about it and they're telling us about it. Um, unlike uh, a few years ago when you know they, when FSN tried to pull the wool over our eyes and do it with Frank and Doug and didn't quite work out so well, but uh, <laughs> Frank's still a little bit bitter, you know, about that because of the way he was treated about that. And he, it was it was kind of a bunch of BS. But uh, um, I don't think anyone should complain about how the games are called this weekend because you know what, a lot of people came through just to get these games on TV, and I don't care where, if they're broadcasting from a closet somewhere, uh, the games will be on. Yeah, and that's the important thing. You know, it's probably going to be a nice quality broadcast as well because uh, FSN and Big Ten are are putting this on. You know, the, the alternative for people is that it would have been streamed by PSU students putting together whatever they could, and then the Penn State radio announcer broadcast mixed in. Uh, so it'll be a big improvement for that. I know for ESPN, for years, they did their Champions League soccer broadcast with announcers uh, in Bristol, Connecticut. And uh, I'm sure Dan Kelly's looking forward to, to <laughs> reenacting that kind of performance. Hopefully he says, you know, when Gophers get a goal, they're putting it in the onion bag. <laughs> Well, you know, I a lot of people were angry. You heard Lou Nanny talking on KFAN, how he couldn't believe there was no television. And um, maybe uh, Lou made a few calls and got more people involved. But uh, uh, the university really came through uh, this time, Hammy. And uh, that's one of the good things. Um, the university did come, come to bat for us this time. Well, let's not give Lou Nanny any credit that he might not deserve, all right? <laughs> the man... The man's probably got enough of an ego. We don't need to add to it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's great that they have um, the games on, and they worked, obviously, to really kind of find a way to get it done. Um, it, it is disappointing to think that they wouldn't have been on in the first round. I mean, after all the years that we've seen them playing games in the playoffs. Um, so <clears throat> they're going to have to, I think, figure out what to do moving forward because obviously this kind of situation isn't going to be acceptable from a fan perspective. And as I said, we're already trying to win back, uh, you know, a certain segment of the fans and 
this is the kind of stuff that they have to do in order to do something like that. Well, let's get more into this weekend's games, guys. Um, you know, we had media day today, and uh, you know, Gensel talked, Lucia talked, a few players talked, and we thought we'd bring in uh, the audio from Gensel's. You know, it was a three-minute uh, interview with the, you know the, the the media today. So I thought we'd we'd play that during the show, so we can kind of hear and react to it uh, a little different than we usually do. Hopefully, you can hear this, Hammy. But uh, uh, let's take a listen to uh, Mike Gensel from this afternoon. Like obviously a lot of intensity, a lot of emotions flying around the last weekend. Uh, how are you going to keep those in check this weekend? Well, certainly hope we bring emotion this weekend. We didn't have a lot of it last weekend, but we have to play a little bit more passionate, a little more energy, and a little more attention to detail this weekend if we're going to have some success out there. How was that lacking? Why was that lacking? Why? That's a good question. That's the, the hardest uh, thing I guess to explain to people is you know why we didn't come out with the effort we needed on Friday night with one point in hand to, to clinch home ice and to play here and obviously give us our chance to be in the regional so you know it was inexcusable effort from us and something we have to own up and live up to and we have to go back and uh, respond this weekend. Was it you or was it then their energy seemed off the charts? Well I will say this Penn State played better in that one game than anybody played against us all year long. I mean that was a uh, about as close to a perfect hockey game as you could uh, play. I thought their effort and their execution was outstanding. But I certainly think uh, with us, uh, we weren't mentally focused like we had been. I mean, we were 6-1-1 going in there, and to, to walk in there, I think we all expected we'd put a good effort forth. And the way we had played the weekend before against Ohio State, we just didn't bring that same attitude and intensity and didn't handle a road experience like we should have. Is effort the key to good puck retrievals, or is it attention to detail? Well, I think, first of all, for us, we got to get to the puck first. You know, they just continually put pucks below our goal line and come with a, with a real aggressive forecheck. we got to get back there quicker, and then we got to have a better plan when we get the puck on our stick. I mean, it's got to be on our stick and off our stick as soon as possible, and right, hopefully either chipped out, rimmed around, or right on somebody's tape. But we were slow to get in pucks. Uh, they seem to dump every puck and win every race to the loose puck, and I think we've got to change that mindset this weekend. Is that big for your penalty kill to get back and beat them to the puck? Well, I think 90% of the time they shot the puck in on, the, on a, their power play breakout and they just, you know, whether it was a cross corner dump or a hard rim and then just tried to outnumber us. I mean, we got the people back in the right spots. We just didn't execute our plan to get it out. And uh, I don't think our effort when there was, a, you know, a, a tight scrum in there was good enough to get the puck out. So I think, you know, getting the pucks quicker, having guys faster to the puck than they do. And then obviously when it's on our tape, getting it out as soon as possible. Because our, our MO is to try to clear the puck 200 feet. So we have to take the stick handle out of our game and get the puck uh, off our tape off the glass and all as quick as possible. Is that the number one key to your penalty kill? For sure. I, I, you know, they're such a good puck recovery team. I mean, they... They'll have some strategy and some structure when they set up, but I mean, basically, they got pucks off the end boards and made two passes and put it on our net, and then converged on our net with three to four guys. So I think if our puck recovery game is better and we can execute that and get it out, then we'll spend less time on our end. We gave up 16 grade A chances on our penalty kill last weekend, and a lot of that was because of their pressure recovering pucks. And so our mentality to get pucks back and get them out will be key to this series. All right, that's the audio from. Uh... Mike Gensel today heard a lot of you, Vigo, in that. Viggs, are you there? Yep, I'm here. I didn't. I know if you're going to finish a question there, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm writing a article for the Athletic previewing the weekend, and one of the big things I'm going to write about is uh, the puck retrievals. Uh, I talked to a couple players about it today as well, and one of the big things is communication between the D and the goaltender because it's not just getting back and making a play. It's getting back and making the right play and executing it. And that's one of the things Mike Denzel was talking about there is 
you know, a lot of times they were getting back there and it was just sloppy and they couldn't get out of their own zone. And that leads to a team getting 108 shot attempts against you. And Hammy, you know, one thing that uh, Gensel did lead off with was the lack of emotion of the team. And uh, one thing that's big with Gensel is, is emotion. And uh, he, he seemed kind of offended by their lack of emotion this past weekend. Obviously, Gensel's a passionate guy. Um, you know, hockey is a passionate game, and that, that, that's what's really frustrating about watching a team that has an opportunity to do some good things and get home ice and to watch them pretty much lay an egg. And, yeah, you do have to give Penn State a lot of credit for, uh, in particular, how they performed in the one game, but um, you expect more out of gopher hockey. And uh, I'm hoping that they – kind of find their pride this coming weekend and kind of rise up and kind of snatch some of that glory back from Penn State after this last weekend. But if things are going to turn around, Viggs, a lot of it, like you had talked about with Gensel, you know, we've we've got to get that puck retrieval. We've got to get that emotion and, and, and everything going um, because without that, it's going to be another long weekend. Well, and the guys making these puck retrievals are all drafted defensemen. You know, Glover, Zulstorf, Johnson, Nanny, Sadek, Lindgren, they're all owned by NHL teams, and they're all talented guys. You know, they have the ability to beat anybody Penn State has to a puck on a dump. Are they willing to do it? You know, you look at guys in the NHL, one of the hardest things for a defenseman to do is to go in the corner, take a hit, and make a play. And Minnesota was not able to do that last weekend, and that's an effort thing. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing that frustrates fans is seeing a lack of effort on those plays because it's, it's not an easy thing to do to, to go in there in the corner and retrieve a puck when you've got a six foot seven Russian right on your heels. <laughs> but for them to win, they're going to have to do that. And, and you know, the, the Don has talked about a lot of those type of things this year. Um, they don't have the talent to do a lot of these things. So they need to do those other things much harder and get in there and work and he says when they do that, they're successful. When they don't, you see what happens last weekend. Well, I think the best game I saw them play all year is when they played St. Cloud. And St. Cloud's known for having a very aggressive forecheck. And in that Saturday game, you know, they got back, got the puck, and got in transition better than they did all season. Yeah. Well, what happens this weekend, Hammy? I mean, uh, we could have three weeks off, or, or you know, technically it could be the end of the season. But uh, uh, do these players uh, come back and at least put up a fight this weekend? Well, I think they'll play better than what we saw this last weekend. But you know, it's kind of hard to come back one week later to the same exact rank and think like you're going to win a couple games or whatever. You know, I think it's uh, for me. I I think that we're going to see the team get several weeks off and. You know, hopefully they make use of whatever. If they if that happens, they make use of it. And uh, but yeah, you don't like to be off that much amount of time. Uh, the only time I ever really remember that working for anybody was I think Denver yeah. won. Didn't they get knocked out in the first round of the WCHA? One of those back to back years that they won, and they were off for a couple weeks or something like that. So that's about the only time I can remember a team being, you know kind of out of competition for a little while and then coming back and actually doing some serious damage. So maybe if they lose this weekend, we can replicate that. But uh, they definitely have to get things buttoned up, especially uh, defensively. And uh, we can't just count on the goalie bailing them out all the time. 
Well, Viggs, I'm thinking this is going to be a, a, a three-day weekend for the Gophers. I think they do kind of get that split, you know, Friday, Saturday. And, you know, I'm not feeling good about Sunday. I think they, they might lose Sunday and we'll have, a, you know, almost three weeks off. But I'm thinking at least goes to three this weekend. What are your thoughts? I agree. It feels like a three-game series. One of the things to keep in mind is spring break for Penn State. So they might not quite have the atmosphere that they've had in games past could help. I, I know that communication between the defense and the goalie is going to be huge. And if the students aren't there, you know, that could be a factor that is in Minnesota's favor. I, I just feel like they have the talent to pull it out. You know, they've shown it over the season that they can play top teams and win. I don't necessarily think Penn State's a top team. You know, they just went through a stretch of six games up until last weekend where they won one game. You know, so I, I don't feel like this is a tough match for Minnesota other than the fact that they played so poorly last weekend. Uh, probably will go three games, but I think Minnesota is going to pull it out. Yeah, well, we also thought last weekend was going to be not as tough as it was. So it, it really – it. I think Penn State's going to be the same no matter what. It's really all how Minnesota reacts and how they perform and their emotion level and all those things that uh, Mike Kenzel talked about. So we'll just have to wait and see. Viggs, uh, what else are we going to hear from the media day today? We already heard Gensel, uh, but Coach Lucia, and what else we got? You'll hear some similar stuff from uh, Don Lucia talking about the inexcusable effort by the team and you know it's going to be up to them they might make some changes to their lineup we might see some shuffling of the top nine guys um, i do think we'll probably see 12 forwards and 6d this weekend uh, tyler nanny blocked a shot in practice today and was kind of hobbling around uh, they think he'll be back for the weekend but uh, time will tell on that one um, it's a big series for him coming up well it's it's definitely big because uh Ideally, you want to build momentum um, going into the postseason. Uh, maybe a three-week uh, vacation would be good for them, but uh, I've, I'm not always big on that. I'd like to see at least one more weekend to try to build something, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. I was going to say that's the frustrating thing about last weekend is the fact that they were building some positive momentum, and then it just got completely derailed in a yeah. couple games. So. I can't disagree with that. Uh, we, you know, like I said, they're six and one over the past, you know, few weeks, and they were playing so well. Viggs, uh, you know, uh, Hammy's got a, a pretty good point there. They were building, and then it just kind of came to a screeching halt. Well, I think if they would have played like they did on Saturday both nights, you know, it wouldn't be so disappointing. You know, I think the Friday performance made Saturday look worse than it was. I don't think the the score really was indicative of the game on Saturday. I thought it was much closer. You know, the shots were pretty close. Uh, the, the big disappointment Saturday, obviously, was Gophers going over five on the on the power play, uh, including, you know, a couple long ones. Uh, so that was disappointing. You know, but this weekend's a big chance for them. And even if they do keep playing here, you know, it's only single elimination games in the next two rounds. So it's not like they have three weekends, a three-game series coming up. So yeah. I don't think the rest for any one team is that significant. You, know, you just have to rest up for one game each week. So I think it's important to keep playing. I definitely think it's important to keep playing. But uh, hopefully the players feel the same. They don't want three weeks off. And plus, you know, it does take uh, your future out of your own hands. 
because if they do lose two this weekend, it's going to put it will push them more towards the bubble, towards that one percent chance that you know, you know, you get a weird team knocking other teams out, it could knock them right out of the tournament. So, if anything, it you know, not winning this weekend uh, takes it out of your own hands of getting into the tournament. So, Hammy, thanks for joining us from California. We appreciate you calling in while you're uh, having fun out in the fun sun. I am out here for work, just so you know. I just sure have a couple pictures and whatever here or there. So. <laughs> but yeah, no problem. Usually when I'm on my trips, I don't, I don't call in. So I fix, or I did. I guess I, I was uh, twittering that on that one time. But, but uh, yeah, I think you were so, drunk, yeah. tweeting at but, us once. No, I was sober. I was just being a smartass. <laughs> or a dumb. And some people's view, like North Dakota fans, they probably say dumbass, but whatever. But. <laughs> Well, we thank you for calling in from uh, on your business trip. We appreciate that. Um, you know, we're going to be back next week, and we're going to recap whatever happens here. We're just going to keep podcasting until, you know, until for many weeks on, whether it's complaining or not. So thanks for listening. Remember, you can always follow Hammy at Hammy Hockey on Twitter and EVgo on Twitter. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. We, we earn where we're going, and uh, I'm kind of personally excited that we're going back uh, because it doesn't have a very good taste in my mouth how we played uh, last weekend, especially on, on Friday night. And um, I thought Saturday we came out had a really good start, and uh, I think I had first half a dozen shots. And, and you know, then we do a toe pick and fall, and they score, and now you're down one nothing. But uh, we played the game the right way on Saturday, but you, you, you can't play the right way one night a weekend and expect to win. And uh, so. Uh, hopefully this weekend we'll rebound and play the right way uh, all weekend long for whatever it takes. Their style puts a lot of pressure on your retrieval yep. game. What do you guys have to do to improve that? Well, uh, you got to hold up. Uh, you get, the first touch becomes really important. Um, puck support becomes really important. Um, I, I, I think that's a couple of things. I think are, when we've worked on it this week, our goalie can help us with some of that retrieval game and you know, handling the puck and, you know, setting it up for our defensemen. And I, I think that's an important part of it, too. And just, you know, playing a little bit smarter in some areas, whether it's uh, some face-offs, whether it's uh, our neutral zone D, so that they don't have so much speed coming through the neutral zone. Because you know that the puck's going to go to the goal line. What was lacking Friday? Uh, to have a, the list is long. Let's put it that way. How do you want to see Fogers contribute defensively? Um, well... They're going to have to help out. I mean, we've got to make sure that whoever our first forward back is has to be in a good position. We have to make sure that, you know, we in the D zone that we do a good job shrinking and outnumbering. I thought at times last weekend that we were slow to outnumber, and that's the game of hockey. Whether it's two-on-one, three-on-two, you got to outnumber your opponent. How important is intensity this weekend, especially from a lot of the leaders? <laughs> well, if you don't have it now, I mean, it's too late to hook up the paddles to somebody, you know, and give them shock. I mean, it, it's the playoffs. It's begun. And um, this is, a, if you're an athlete, uh, this is the best time of the year. And what you've trained for and what you've worked for. And, you know, I always say that this is the time of year that, you know, it's, it's, it's for the men to come out and play.
and your best players have to be the best players. It's the bottom line is that, uh, you know, this time of the year you need a big goal from maybe somebody that's, that doesn't score a lot. Uh, but at the same time, you know, for us, and we can't go in there and get out specialty team and expect to win, win by two, five on five. Um, we, we, we have to put pucks on that and we get a chance. Too many times last weekend, you know, we're coming in with odd man rushes and we have a chance to deliver a puck and it ends up in the corner because we're always playing cute. And the time for cute is over and the time for playing a little bit more um, and getting pucks on a goaltender and crashing the net and, and, you know, take a page from Penn State. That, that's their game and they're really good at it. Tyler mentioned puck placement on dumps for the power play is really important. Yeah. Is that just you know going to the NHL size rink against a team like Penn State? That's uh, hard to do. Well, no. I mean, we've had plenty of other games. It's you know your entries, your puck recovery, your winning faceoffs, and then making good decisions with the puck. I thought last weekend after watching the video, we were real, again really slow to you know get outnumber on a, on a loose puck, and you know they were get two or three guys to our two. And uh, they just outnumber us and, and ice a puck. A big part, whether it was our power play, I thought their scrums, they would win a scrum. And same thing with our penalty kill and their power play. I thought they won a lot of scrums along the wall. And that's an area that we have to be a whole lot better at this weekend, our wall play all over the ice. You mentioned Pavlich have a tough for Novak and Milstead to play yep. against. What do they need to do better to uh, well, be effective? Well, uh, pace. You know, they had some opportunities. I mean, we... We had opportunities to score, whether it's, you know, Rem coming in in a breakaway. The first night we had a two-on-o. Uh, we had some odd man rushes. But, again, we, uh, we have guys that want to be cute all the time instead of, you know, playing some good old-fashioned, you know, make sure you, you take your shot. Don't, don't have that odd man rush and end up with nothing. And we had too many of those uh, last weekend. But they have the line last change, and that's one of the things with, I, I, I think, that a strength of their team is their depth. I mean, they have four lines or... With their fourth line has 17 goals on the season. They scored two against us on Friday night. Um, they're very comfortable playing threes and fours against somebody else's ones and twos. And uh, so, you know, that's the privilege of playing at home is you get to dictate matchups. So you're going to have to fight through it. Do you anticipate tweaking your lineup a little bit? From yeah, we've moved some guys around, but, uh, you know, this weekend, you know, there's nothing to say that, you know, five minutes into the game, you don't move some people around because it's, you know, the experimenting is over. If certain guys aren't going, you know, take a seat and we'll go with the guys that are going. Everyone healthy entering the weekend? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, Tyler got a you know, shot. Uh, uh, so we're hopeful he'll be back and practicing tomorrow. Tyler, how did you respond from last weekend's losses? Uh, well, that's it, exactly. We just need to have a response and um, we need to come out next to this weekend and be a, be a lot harder to play against. Um, Friday night was. You know, just not go for hockey. We, we worked very hard to play against and uh, just a completely different team than we've been the last month. So uh, we weren't happy with that result at all. And um, I thought Saturday we actually played a pretty decent game just didn't get some bounces, things like that. But uh, this weekend got to be hard to play against. Got to gotta go in there with a lot of energy. Do you take anger into those these games? Yeah, I think so, especially after last weekend. Um, you know, there's a pretty big gap from the first time we played them earlier in the year. So, um, you know, you might not have that those feelings. But going back to back like this, um, there's definitely some emotion that are going that's going into it. In hindsight, was there any indication that you were going to get the result that you did on Friday going into that? I'm sorry. Was, was there any indication or insight in hindsight of how you got the result on Friday? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. I I thought overall we had a pretty good week of practice. There wasn't any really key signs that um, you know we were going to have you know the weekend that we did and mm -hmm. go out there kind of flat. Uh, there was really no signs of that. I thought we had, like I said, a good weekend of practice, or a good week of practice, and um, you know, just not really sure what happened.
they may be thinking they set you up for a kill this weekend. How do you? Uh, how would you react to that? Uh, I think we just have a lot more to give. Um, you know, like I said, we, this last month we've been playing some really good hockey, and I think even even with that, we have more to give. We we understand, um, you know, our, our power play could be better, our offense could be better, um, and this past weekend we gave up a lot of goals, which is uncharacteristic of us this season. So, um, yeah, they, they might think that, but I think uh, we just have a lot more to give. Does Penn State take their level higher than other teams at home in the conference? Uh, I think maybe. They're, I think they're a pretty good team uh, at home. Uh, see, their crowd is pretty good. Their student section's kind of right on top of you. And um, and so it gets pretty loud in there. So I think they kind of feed off that energy, um, and their rink kind of fits the, the way that they play. They they like to get a lot of sh- uh, shots on goal, and they like to get pucks in. And uh, there's kind of tight corners, and the, the walls are kind of um, you know a little bit bouncy. So um, a little bit, I think. I think they're uh, they're a pretty good team at home. On the power play, there are a lot of battles along the wall. What are the what are the keys to avoiding those situations and then winning them when you do get into a board battle? Well, I think the first thing is just entries. Whether you know we have possession possession going in, um, we have to we have to we have to keep the puck. And uh, if we don't have possession, we have to, we have to dump it in. We have to have smart dumps and not get uh, get the puck on their defensive defenseman's stick. So um, and also outnumbering outnumbering their guys on the walls. Um, there's a couple battles that we saw today in video that. Um, that we just lost just due to out numbers and, uh, and bad dumps, things like that. So, um, you know, those are kind of some key, key things to look at when um, there's battles on the wall because, again, that's, that's kind of the, the strength of their game is battles and the grit um, that they're pretty good at. Is it that attention to detail on an NHL-sized rink for where to put the puck on the dump? That... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you just got to be a lot more simple, um, play the right way. And um, this week we've kind of been preaching, get pucks behind them, play behind their D. Um, kind of take a note out of their game a little bit with what they do and, and uh, getting pucks in deep all the time. So we got to make sure we're doing that. You and Casey's line saw a lot of Pavlichev last weekend. What, what makes him tough to play against? Uh, well, he's, uh, he's effective because he's, he's so big. Um, you know, he, he gets pretty good position, and for, for such a big guy, he, he can skate pretty well. So, um, you know, I think he's got almost, you know, eight inches on me, so, um, and, and the reach and things like that, it makes him kind of a dynamic forward with being able to skate and having that size that, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to defend. But, um, yeah, his line had a, had a good weekend. Um, that's something that we have to look into. We have to stop this, this next weekend. For how, passionate, uh, for how passionate Ryan Lindgren usually gets in the games, what do you think this series means for him and just how he'll able to... His, his, I guess his MO, how he plays. Yeah, uh, it's going to be uh, pretty fun to watch. Obviously, uh, he, he has a ton of emotion. You know, whatever game it is, and especially after this past weekend, and you know, he kind of got into it with one of their guys. So um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, he needs to stay composed. He's a leader, so um, he can't be, uh, you know, taking penalties that are going to hurt the team. But he, he knows that. And um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be fun to see him going out there with uh, his passion and his emotion. No one today has talked about goaltending. Reflect a little bit on what you saw from Robson and the few minutes you got from Sherwin. Yeah, well, I, that, Matt was unbelievable, um, really both nights, and obviously Friday night um, we didn't really we didn't help him out much, but he gave us a chance um, going into the third. It was, it was a close game, and you know, it was really just because of Matt. Um, like I said, we didn't we didn't give him a whole lot, and then um, and then when Eric came in there again, we didn't really give him a chance. We kind of let that one. Um, slip out front with with nobody covering that guy. So um, both goalies I thought played really well. Um, you know, both have been really good all year. So don't really expect anything less at this point. And uh, yeah, they, they definitely give us a chance to win every night. All right, thank you, Tyler. What do you, what do you think needs to be different uh, this weekend? You were in the middle of a lot of things last weekend. What, what do you think needs to be different this weekend? 
Uh, honestly, I think everything needs to be better. Um, you know, right from the start, Friday night, we uh, we just didn't show up. Um, you know, we got to be, we got to play harder. Um, got to play a lot faster. You know, Penn State's a team that's gonna, it's gonna chip pucks in and come at us hard. So we got to do the same thing to them. We got to make sure we're getting a lot more pucks on net. But uh, yeah, I think everything, or just our mindset needs to be better. And I think this week of practice has been really good. Um, we're really excited to get back out there and, and get some revenge on them. But. Uh, but yeah, so I think it'll, it'll be a good weekend for us, and we're ready to go. The one thing you know is they'll play. You know what they're, how they're going to play because they had success with it. So you know what they're going to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know that's that's kind of team Penn State always been. Uh, they're a team that's going to shoot the puck a lot. Um, they're going to just you know get over that red line, chip pucks in, and, and come at us defensemen. So we got to be ready for that. And and they got a good power play as well. So our penalty kill's got to be got to be better. But uh, but yeah, we know what kind of team Penn State is, and we're ready for the challenge again. What does it mean for the D car when you say you know, you've got to be ready for them? Kinds of things you have to watch out for. Um, I mean, they just they just come at us so quickly. So uh, so we got to make sure we have really good talk between our, our D partners and and let our uh, defensive partner know what to do with the puck. Um, and uh, you know, just just shutting down their team as a whole. Um, you know, they got four lines that can put the puck in the net, and and uh, you know they crash the crash the net really good. So we got to be we got to be boxing out and, and blocking shots and and just doing doing whatever it takes to to win. And uh, you know, we got to make sure we get up in the play as well. And and uh, you know, get some pucks on this goalie too. So, uh, so you know, as a defensive core, we need to be be better in all areas. I think. Would it help to be a little bit uh, PO'd, have a little chip on your shoulder going into this one? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, you know, as a team, we're we're very uh, you know pissed off about how last weekend went, and uh, and uh, so we're we're ready to get back in there. And you know, it's a tough environment there. They got a, you know good student section, good crowd, and you know it'll be a fun couple of games. But uh, but yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna come in there with a with an edge to us and. Uh, you know, showing that uh, last weekend was uh, was not cool for hockey. Does kind of familiarity breed content with you guys? What? Does familiarity breed content? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, you know, playing teams, uh, you know, back-to-back weekends is, is going to be uh, be nice for us. Um, we're we're going to know what kind of team they are and and know what they bring, so we'll be ready for that. And and uh, yeah, there's a, there's a little uh, some bad blood between us, so uh, so that'll make the games uh, the games a lot a uh, lot more fun. So uh, so yeah, we'll be ready for it and excited. Is there any way to sense when you might be a little bit off going into a game when the team's not quite up to standards of the energy? Uh, yeah, I mean we gotta you know bring more energy than we did last weekend. Um, you know I, I don't know what that what the problem was with us last weekend with the uh, with the energy, but uh, we'll be ready to go. We're ready for the playoffs. Um, you know this is, this is a very fun month. This is where you hang banners, so uh, so we'll be ready for it. And I know the guys in the locker room right now are really excited to to kick off the playoffs here, and it's going to be a lot of fun. What are the keys for you on your puck retrieval game, both? Five on five and on the kill. Uh, I mean, I just think the communication is so big. Um, you know, as the puck gets chipped in, you're gonna have your back turned to the to the Penn State forwards, and they're gonna be coming at us, coming at us fast. So you got to make sure people are people are talking on our team and letting you know what to what to do with the puck, and and uh, you know we got to make sure we get back there fast as well. Um, you know, we got to be first to the pucks. So we have a good first uh, first touch with the puck and, and get pucks out of our zone. So that's gonna be key for us. But uh, yeah, I think communication is a big thing and, and something we need to do better. Have you done much video on last weekend? This week? Yeah, yeah, we've done. Uh, we did video today on the PK, and yesterday uh, we did some more video on uh, Saturday night's game. So, uh, so we're ready for them. Uh, we know what they what they bring, um, and uh, so we're excited. And uh, yeah, we're definitely ready uh, to to see them again. What's the tone of those sessions? Is it more showing you what you need to do right, or is it more showing you the mistakes? Um, I think it's more so, you know, what, you, what we need to do right. You know, last weekend obviously wasn't wasn't the way we play, wasn't go for hockey. So, um, you know, you learn from learn from what we did last weekend, but we're we're, we're moving on. 
Um, you know, we're going to be a different team this weekend. And uh, so, yeah, you just kind of see what they do and, and learn from that. But, uh, but yeah, we're not going to dwell too much on last weekend and the mistakes we made. We're going to be we're going to be a new team this weekend, and uh, it's going to be uh, going to be a lot different and a lot more fun. Their NHL rights were traded over the weekend. How did you find that out? Uh, I found out Sunday morning. Um, my uh, family advisor was the one who told me, and then uh, the GM of the Bruins ended up calling me and, and letting me know that I got traded. And then uh, I talked to the Rangers GM and, and uh, an assistant GM. So, uh, so yeah, obviously a very exciting day, and uh, you know I'm very uh, very excited to be part of the Rangers organization. And and uh, I mean obviously I can't thank the Bruins enough for for drafting me a couple years ago and and believed in me and gave me that chance. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to to, to be a Ranger and, and be. Uh, be part of such a first-class organization and such a hor- uh, historic organization as well. So, uh, so yeah, I'm very excited and uh, ready to kick things off in, in New York when I get there this summer. What's it like being part of a trade? Just kind of what goes through your head when you, find, when you found out? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of emotions going on. Um, you know, you, you kind of sit there and think, you know, did, uh, you know, is it because the Bruins didn't want me or is it because the Rangers really wanted me or, you know, and listening to them, you know, I think it was a lot more of the case that the Rangers really wanted me to come there and, you know, I think they fought hard for me and, you know, I talked to the GM of the Bruins and he said, you know, it was a, t- a tough call for them to, to trade me away, but, uh, but yeah, I just think, you know, it's exciting and you got to look at it as, uh, you know, something that's uh, good for me and, and uh, you know, my, my family's very excited and, uh, you know, the players that I talk to on the team think it's a really good situation. Whether I talk to Brady Shea or, or Vinny, um, you know, they say that it's, a, it's you know the best best organization in the league. So uh, I've heard nothing but good things, and I'm really excited.